0: Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in
1: Faith Affliction can prepare ordinary Christians for extraordinary service. See, God is doing something on the inside. Whenever God is going to prepare an instrument for something great, for something unusual, for something that's going to effectively advance His kingdom, He takes it into that hot, fiery furnace, and it burns.
0: Reaching up high, with arms open wide, we see, you're changing our Experiencing affliction can feel defeating, but through Christ, even suffering can be redeemed. In fact, as Christians, we should welcome suffering because that's where Christ can show us His strength in our lives and work through us. In today's message, Pastor Ed teaches that affliction can prepare ordinary Christians for extraordinary service. We are being refined through our trials and shaped for His glory. He's preparing us for greatness. So, may we be patient in our suffering and wait on His strength. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith.
1: Building in Faith 1 Peter chapter 4 verses 12 to 19. Now Peter is going to speak to us about suffering and trials. And that theme comes up over and over again throughout First and 2 Peter. But it's not a new theme. He actually is going to talk to us about the fiery trials that we can find ourselves in. And if you go back into the pages of the Old Testament, there's another man of God, a prophet, who spoke to the children of Israel about the fiery furnace that they were going to go through. And I'm going to read that first. And I'd like you to keep in mind Peter's words that we'll read in just a moment. In Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 to 3, but now this is what the Lord says, He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, For I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. These were the words of the prophet as God spoke through him, to the people of God. And centuries later, Peter now speaks. And when he speaks, he's speaking to a first-century church, but his words are just as real and just as important to the 21st-century church. Verse 12. Dear friends, do not be surprised At the painful trial you are suffering. As though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ. So that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. For the spirit of glory and of God rests on you if you suffer. It should not be as a murderer, or a thief, or any other kind of criminal, or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. For it is time for judgment to begin with the family of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God, and if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? So then, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. That's his exhortation to you, to me, to each one of us. In the English Standard Version, instead of painful trials, it translates it fiery trials, which is closer to the Greek language, because it conveys the idea of being consumed, burned up. Sometimes trials are like that, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning. The passage we read earlier from Isaiah the prophet were words to a future generation that would be taken into captivity. When they found themselves in the place of captivity in a foreign land, going through trials, he wanted them to know that he was still with them. He said, you're going to go through deep waters. You're going to go through the floods. You're going to go through the fire." Now notice, he said, you're going through it. You're not going to be destroyed by it, left in it. It is a process whereby we go through difficult times in our lives as believers. Peter is going to uh, remind us of that as well. But when Isaiah speaks about going through those things, in verse 1 is a key to unlocking the reason For it. He said. Notice the name he uses. For the people of God. Notice the name that he talks about. When he says. But now this is what the Lord says. Who created you. O Jacob. Jacob was an Old Testament patriarch. Found in the book of Genesis. He was Isaac's son. And Jacob. Was a supplanter. A deceiver. You wouldn't want him to do your taxes. You wouldn't want to take a loan from him personally. But God had him on a journey. To refine him and perfect him. He had 12 sons. Those 12 sons. Are the tribes of Israel. In chapter 32 of Genesis. Jacob meets up with God. And God. Deals with Jacob's heart. In fact. God touches his hip, his thigh. And from that moment on, Jacob's walk is different. He walks with a limp all through his years. And God changes his name from Jacob to Israel. Supplanter, deceiver, prince with God, prince with men. This encounter with God changed him forever. He would never walk the same. He would never be the same. Now, God is speaking to his people, the children of Israel, and he says, you're going to go through the floods, you're going to go through the fire, you're going to go through the trials, but remember, the process is changing the Jacob in you to Israel. Peter is talking about fiery trials as well. And in that process, God is doing a work in our lives. When Peter talks about the trials, he notices something that happens among Christians. He notices that oftentimes they thought they were going to get to the promised land without going through the wilderness. Do you ever think that? And they're surprised by how difficult it is. Here's the text in verse 12 Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though some strange thing were happening to you. What happens is he's concerned about their inner attitude when they face trials. Instead of getting caught up on the why question, he wants them to think about the what question. What should I do? What does God want me? How does he want me to respond? As you look at this text, it's important to remember that Jesus told us that as long as we're in this world, we're going to have difficulties. There's not one person here exempt from that. It's traced upon your dial, as the songwriter said, by the Son of Love. In other words, it's on the path for you. And that's what he's getting across. In John sixteen, thirty three, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart because I've overcome. The NIV translates, as I mentioned that statement, fiery trials as painful trials. In other words, it is painful. It feels like you are being consumed. Did you ever burn your hand or feel a singeing fire touch your face? It's frightening, but he doesn't want them to be afraid, nor does he want them to be surprised he's saying don't think something strange is happening don't be caught by surprise prepare your mind, prepare your heart that along the journey of life you are going to face some trials that God is going to use to do something inside of you that's what he's getting at in Psalm 66 verse 10 for you O God test us. You refine us like silver. Whenever God is preparing to use someone, he takes them through the fiery furnace. He's an old man. His name is John. Most of us would recommend the nice retirement home for him. But God decides that he's going to go on the island of Patmos. And it was no paradise. There as an exile on the island of Patmos in his 90s. He goes through a fiery furnace. And God gives him the last book of the Bible. To complete the revelation of God. Called the book of Revelation. It was there in that place of exile on the island of Patmos. god gives him this incredible revelation that has strengthened the church through the generations peter jesus says to him you're simon but you're going to be peter first meeting he said i'm going to change you into a rock Uh, peter jumped at it but there would be a sifting process Where God would refine, where God would change, where God would challenge him again and again. And so Peter is no novice. He's writing, he's speaking out of his journey, out of his experience about fiery trials. Imagine with me, I told the first service, Bill comes and he gets saved here in church. He's saved, but he gets saved all over again and so as he's getting saved one of the people pray over him one of the pastors and say Bill we have got good news for you you have plenty of trials in store for you God has a whole set of arrangement of suffering for your path Bill he'd run out the door he'd go out as fast as he could when God put his hand on Paul and said Paul I have a purpose for you, a plan for your life. Listen to what he said. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. Hmm. Peter is saying, don't be surprised, don't be caught off on guard. Have a mindset, a paradigm. That the Christian life involves a journey of suffering. He doesn't leave it there. He says, expect it. But then he explains it. He says, expect it. It's coming. It will happen. It's part of the journey. But then he gives an explanation. In verses 13 to 14. But rejoice in so far that you share the sufferings of Christ, that you may also rejoice and be glad when His glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the spirit of glory and of God rest upon you. Now he's not saying, Levi. Rejoice when a trial comes into your life. Say, oh, good. I've been waiting for this for a long time. I'm glad I got a flat. I'm glad I had an accident. Now, he's an insurance man. He'll, he'll cover those things. But he's not saying you are happy about bad things that happen. No, we shouldn't be. But what he is saying is when you find yourself in that place of suffering, Let it become a catalyst to bring you close to the heart of God. That's the moment. That's the time. That's the opportunity to develop the heart of Jesus Christ. He's saying, in the suffering, you get to know The Savior, if you'll bring it to the Savior, and if because you are walking after God, you find yourself in the place of suffering, it will be for your good. Paul cried out, Oh, that I might know Him! And he says, In the fellowship of His sufferings. What happens in that place where you feel you're being burned up? Torn apart, ripped apart. In that place, the glory of God will rest upon you. That's what the text says. It tells us that the glory of God will rest upon us. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount to his disciples, And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you're my followers. Now the disciples didn't take that as a mere hyperbole. Something that just passed over their head and out of their heart. Because in Acts chapter 5, they walked in that truth. For it says... The apostles left the high council rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. Wow! Have you ever thought, Lord, I'm going through this suffering and you're using it for your honor and glory and for my good. Thank you. Thank you for entrusting me with this trial. Thank you for entrusting me with this painful circumstance. Thank you, God, that I am not alone in it, but you are with me and you are beside me and you'll guide me through it. Hallelujah. Remember this. Write it down. Seal it in your heart. Affliction can prepare ordinary Christians for extraordinary service. See, God is doing something on the inside. Whenever God is going to prepare an instrument for something great, for something unusual, for something that's going to effectively advance His kingdom, He takes it into that hot, fiery furnace, and it burns, and He purifies, and He perfects. So you might be shouting out in the moment, why? And God is saying, son, daughter, be patient, because I'm preparing you to advance my kingdom. I'm preparing you to sit on a throne with me. Joseph, don't worry, Joseph. One day that dream will come through. Joseph, you might be in the darkness of a dungeon now, but I want you to know you're going to be second in Egypt. You can trust him. He will not forsake you. That's what Peter is saying. When we sing that chorus, in my life, be glorified. Do you know what you're singing? In my life, Lord, be glorified. We're saying, Lord, allow the suffering, the trial, and all the things that are happening. Allow them to be used for your glory and honor. Let your glory rest on me as I'm going through that hard place. So, Mom, maybe you're going through a hard place. Dad, maybe you're going through a hard place. Wherever that place may be, trust Him. He gives us the instruction to expect it. Don't be surprised. And then he explains it. But then he wants us to be careful that we don't mistake a God-given trial for a self-created one. Now, God works in both ones, in both types. But listen to what he says. He tells us to examine our suffering in our lives. He says, but let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as Christians, let him not be ashamed, but let him glory God in that name. See, there are some things that are self-inflicted, some things that are divinely appointed. Some things that are in the permissive will of God, some things that are in the perfect will of God. And so he talks about those things that are in the permissive will, but not the perfect will. He says, there are some things you ought to avoid. Suffering we should avoid. If you suffer, it should not be, and then he says, a murderer, a thief, any kind of criminal, or even a meddler. Now, notice the scale. A murderer, a thief, a criminal, a meddler. What he's saying is the whole spectrum of things. Be careful that you don't create your own problems. Now, I find it interesting that word meddler. Different translations translate it differently. The New Living Translation says prying into other people's affairs. The New King James a busybody in other people's affairs. The etymology of the word means that you're overseeing things that are not your responsibility. That's the idea. It comes from the idea of being an overseer and overseeing matters that are not yours. Sometimes we play Holy Spirit in other people's lives. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I know I'm getting close to stepping on some feet here. Sometimes we simply think it's our responsibility to play God. Let God be God. Be careful. And Peter saying, "Don't be a meddler. I want you to picture with me these words in the book of Proverbs. It's Proverbs 26, 17, and this is the words of Solomon. Interfering in someone else's argument is as foolish as yanking a dog's ears. So think about this. You're walking along, somebody's walking their dog, and you're you pulling by the ear. What's going to happen? It's going to bite you. When you get involved in affairs that are not your own, It'll bite you. So Peter is counseling us. Be very, very careful. How you live. How you walk. Then he says there is suffering. That you should accept. That you should embrace. In verse 16. But it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Hmm. Three times in the New Testament followers of Christ are called Christian.
0: Building in faith. We're so glad you joined us today for another edition of Building in Faith as Dr. Edward Jones teaches through the book of 1 Peter. We hope that this message series will open your eyes to the truth of how Jesus can impact your everyday life through the highs and lows, the triumphs and the trials. If you have yet to discover just how wonderful this life with Jesus can be, we'd love to tell you more. A relationship with Jesus is the greatest relationship you will ever have. Please feel free to get in contact with us by calling 845-462-5955. If you'd like to learn more about the Building in Faith radio ministry or to hear more messages from Pastor Ed, visit our website at buildinginfaithradio.com. There you'll also find more information about Pastor Ed and the other staff members of Faith Assembly. Our church has weekly services on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m., and again on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. And we'd be honored to have you join us if you're in the Poughkeepsie area. Each service is spent fellowshipping with other believers, learning more about our Savior, and praising Him for all He has done for us. Location information can be found at our website, buildinginfaithradio.com. We hope today's message has blessed you, and that no matter what is happening in your life right now, you're turning to Jesus for the love and guidance you need. Please join us next time on Building in Faith Radio as Pastor Ed continues teaching through the book of 1 Peter. Everybody wins when a leader gets better absolutely everyone the stakes of leadership are sky high everyone has influence come to the global leadership summit on august 10th and 11th and learn skills to help you lead transformation in your community the summit features leaders like bill hybels cheryl sandberg andy stanley and more experience the summit at faith assembly casperkill campus poughkeepsie august 10 and 11 register at willowcreek.com summit and use the priority code radio willowcreek.com summit